I'm Aaron Armstrong. I'm Pete Moran. And we love to watch. We love to watch says, God curse the blood rains up in Michigan. She's wearing a MSU shirt. Yeah, you can they, only There's get that Illinois Michigan. plates. Case closed. <laughs> there's MSU plates. Uh, I think Ash vs. Evil Dead establishes that the cabin's in Tennessee. Um, so who knows where this cabin is? What What did you do? Did you do a shot by shot, like frame by frame, like Robert Ebert's like thing that he used to do? You go to Utah, show Clockwork Orange frame by frame, and go, I don't like this. Next frame, don't like this. Next frame, don't like this. Uh, that guy didn't like Clockwork Orange. I, I, as a, I, I, you know, I thought you'd appreciate that as a fellow Midwesterner, uh, that I uh, poured over it for any sign of a hometown pride, and I saw Illinois plates, so I got excited. I guess I mean, if I would have saw Minnesota plates, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's where I live. Notable. <laughs> I do that. I live there. <laughs> I do that. I live there. I live. I, I live in that place. I've that need, if, if Vine was still around, there needs to be a sequel where people watch like a movie and see like "Welcome to Minnesota" and be like, oh, "I live there." <laughs> yes. So, Aaron. Uh, what anyways, is, what is what this? this shit? So we love to watch. Uh, as, as a friend of mine, uh, Mike Patton once asked, "What is it?" Can't. Joke I don't get. Hopefully it was very entertaining for our audience. Uh, our dwindling audience. Um, <laughs> yeah, where we love to watch. I don't know why I said that. It's actually been going up lately. Uh, where we love to watch our movie podcast. We pick a theme. We do movies over the course of that month around that theme. And if we remember, we can compare and contrast, which is easy this month. Because it's October. It's Halloween. And we're doing a big one. We're doing Evil Dead Month. where We're covering... All three original Evil Dead movies, the remake, and the series Ash vs. the Evil Dead. And if you came here for Spooktober recaps, great news. Scroll in your feed. There's probably already one. Uh, we made them into their own separate episodes, which you will be able to find on the theme. Oh, wait. Would you... My, my brain broke, which you will be able to <laughs> find on the feed. I said theme, and my voice got weirdly high. Very it's odd. October, baby. Um, you turn into a witch. Ah, you will get your theme. Ah, ah. your soul. Um, <laughs> you were doing more of a witch thing that's, before. Ah. <laughs> now you're there a 1940s go. gangster who gets you know what die. i don't need you to, to, to label all my sounds and what what movie they're from peter La- label as if i'm like a foley artist and i'm like <clears throat> 1940s mobster subcategory italian <laughs> um, <laughs> slash I, I have to, I, I i almost spit up 
uh, drink all over my screen again. Not the first time it would have happened. And uh, we wonder why my computer has issues all the time. Uh, my recording computer. Anyways, we need to yeah, dress so your computer this... in a poncho like it's at a Gallagher show. <laughs> you guys want to smash some watermelon? Slash make jokes about Italian accents? Um, <laughs> I realized that my Gallagher, it's just Dave Chappelle doing Gallagher. Yeah, it's actually not that bad. Oh, great. Uh, The only time I've ever heard him speak, I think, is the Mark Maron interview that he walks out of. That, like, one-third of a Mark Maron interview. Um, But we're – so we're in our second week of this. So we made the decision, instead of going Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, and then the remake, and then Ash vs. the Evil Dead, that it probably made – as much as Peter and I do like the remake, and we do, it was one of the reasons we initially wanted to do our Scream make uh, double month. Uh, that we did it over the summer because uh, it is a remake that I actually feel got kind of a shrug when it was released. And, you know, some positives, some negatives. And I, and I feel like it is now regarded potentially correctly as a pretty good remake that, that in no way uh, is as good as the original or the original sequels, but still like, Eventually matches the Evil Dead manic spirit and craziness and is kind of a fun way to make a new Evil Dead movie without all of the main principles. And I think that's true. I think that's probably where we're going to come down on uh, if unless you disagree right now, Peter, and you want to fight me before we start. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, I think this is a uh, four out of five pretty good horror movie. That uh, the the fan base was just so rabid about this franchise that has uh, a, a, had a sort of untouchable record before this, uh, you know, yeah. except for Within the Woods. Uh, yeah, they, you they, constantly they, saw at conventions like three out of four ain't bad because people couldn't stop talking about Within the Woods. Yeah, <laughs> everyone counted it. People were like, but look, in fairness, we have to count it. Um, and But but it's not good. That's yeah, it's not good. Say. Um, but it, it the, the point here is that I think uh, people held it to the standards. Uh, did this movie change horror history forever? And it's like, no, obviously not. But is it a solid horror movie on its own merits? Absolutely. And it does a lot of shit that I think uh, it gets uh, lambasted for that I think it doesn't deserve any, any grief for. That's interesting because I think it does deserve some grief. I think it's a four out of five movie. I think there's stuff to knock it for, but I think the stuff. I think this is one of those movies where the the meme complaints about it are wrong. Like the meme complaints are like, "Evil Dead is 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 about being funny and slapsticky. Why is this movie so serious?" And like this movie actually is tracking as a remake oh of the original yeah that movie. that doesn't yeah because the original that movie is not very funny either. <laughs> no, yeah that that is a so and, and let's actually start there so. At, at the most base level, this movie has an unenviable task, which is <laughs> yeah. to make an Evil Dead movie without the thing that ultimately caused Evil Dead to become this horror and cult sensation, which is the character of Ash. Now, you could have remade it with Ash, which uh, they did consider for a while. Again, you're in a you're in a thankless task because you either do one of two things. You're either like Bruce Campbell. We talked about it last week. He not only um, is is like 
iconic in the horror area, in the horror fandom. But he, like, he is, like, his best character across the board is Ash. And the, and when he, when he's at his best, it's how close is he to playing a version of Ash? It's, it's the same, it's the same problem that people have had when they crack, when they talk about let's remake Escape from New York. Like, at the end of the day, the, the concept itself, you could remake, right? Like, city becomes a prison or something like that. Where, where you're always going to have a problem is that Kurt Russell is Snake Plissken. It's it's iconic. And I would say it's even more true with Ash and Bruce Campbell, only because, at the very least, Kurt Russell has other iconic characters you can name, and, and Bruce Campbell has other good characters, but he is... He is the embodiment of Ash. So you go, well, who who fucking, who do you get to replace that? You just, you're not going to win in that. There's not a horror fan that's going to go, that was good. <laughs> you know, no matter who it was, even if it was an amazing performance, you would go, that's not, that's not Bruce Campbell. It's not Ash. <laughs> so I do think this movie yeah. made the right decision and say, look, let's not, let's not make it with Ash. Let's take the concept of friends go to a cabin and... There's a horror that exists that starts possessing the friends, and it is over the top and gory and grisly in the same way that, like, you know, the original movies were like these uh, fountains of blood, grueling experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, uh, the, the movie makes a lot of wise choices I don't think it gets cred for. Uh, and the movie does yeah. have a mixed reputation. It is becoming a bit of a, of like, accepted part of the, the canon. Sorry, I, I have one more on the oh, sorry. task you, you, I want to get to. I wanted like to know if you wanted to comment to on... It sounded like you. I, I did. I wanted, but I wanted to give space. I'm trying to do better about giving space for you to comment on that part of it before going to a new point, like my third point in a row. Uh, it's my own thing. I'm trying to work on Peter. This could also be all cut out, but I'm saying it in case it's not in a in a podcast tone. No, I appreciate so, it. I thought you were doing the thing that I do, where it sounds like I have more to say, but I actually just no. didn't put a capper on the word I was saying. No, so I'll, I'll say the. So the however we're gonna edit this. So the um, the other reason why it has a very unenviable task, and I do think the movie succeeds at both of these things in some cases, and and in some cases it's just impossible to succeed on a metric that would make this its own masterpiece, a la like the thing versus the thing from the underworld or the fly or. You know, some other ones we've talked about this this uh, over the summer or just in the length of our show, which is the evil, as depicted in the Evil Dead series, is wholly original in the sense that it's like, hey, we're just not – like, the evil is going to possess friends, but when we show it outside of it, it's going to be this, like, force. And how are we going to depict this force with essentially – you can't trademark a camera uh, or a directorial style, but essentially the way that the, the deadites or the evil is portrayed is so synonymous with Sam Raimi's directorial style that if you were to say, hey, we're going to do a remake, we're not going to have the iconic lead. And also, we should probably cut down a little bit on the the deadite cam because you're basically just ripping off Sam Raimi at that point. And they do that. That is two tasks. That is like, how do you fucking remake that? We can't use the main actor, the star, the character, and we kind of have to figure out a way to still 
have the same sense of this evil that exists in the woods without going too hard into all the camera movements that are essentially like trademark TM Sam Raimi camera styles. And this movie figures out ways to deal with both some successful, some somewhat unsuccessful, which we'll talk about, but Holy shit. Like how do you, how do you even proceed under those terms? And the fact that this movie is able to capture the feeling of evil dad without using either of those things in one case completely. And in the other case, uh, minimally, um, is is extremely impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think, like, in a weird way, this is this for a movie that cost a decent bit for a horror movie like this, $17 million, and it used something like 60,000 gallons of blood, um, is a somewhat humble movie in a sense, because it's not trying to recapture the, the manic glory of the Sam Raimi style. And it's also not trying to recast uh, Ash. Um, what it's trying to do is uh, say, if we went back to those woods and we had modern you know, camera techniques and we decided we're going to try and retell that story, uh, how would we do it with, with more money and a modern polish? And I think that the, the part of the story that gets lost, um, very lost, is that Bruce Campbell, Sam Raimi, Rob Tappert were intimately involved with every step of this movie. Yeah. Um, they brought in Fede Alvarez. The reason that Ash isn't in this movie was because Bruce Campbell said, I'm just not comfortable handing off the reins of the character. I feel like maybe we have something else brewing. Um, and Sam Raimi said, well, And that was the only way he would sign off, right? He's basically, he was, they were there in the early 2000s, they were talking about remaking this with, with an Ash. And they, I forget who they looked at the cast and he was not on board. And it wasn't until they said, okay, fine, we're, we'll remake the movie, but, but we're not going to have a different Ash that he was on board. Yeah. This is not an exec produced movie in the sense that like, uh, this is how Sam Raimi makes his money. Um, this is no. an exec produced movie in the sense that Sam Raimi was involved in hiring this guy. And what I think people are losing in the story on the new Evil Dead that's going to come out, Evil Dead Now, um, which supposedly won't have Bruce Campbell. I don't know if I buy that. They might be doing some sort of stunt stunt casting thing. Or they might just be saying, hey, Ash vs. Evil Dead might come back. Let's see what happens there. We'll talk about that later um, with the Ash vs. Evil Dead episode. Um, is that a surprise? No, we already oh, said okay. it. I forgot. Including um, earlier here. Uh, it's a surprise to me. <laughs> I mean, Evil Dead Now, let's be uh, clear, is we're recording this in July. This comes out in October. That was announced last month or like hinted at. So we really had like. If we it wasn't for COVID, it, it would be in full swing of production by the time this episode yeah. comes out. Anyways, um, or it might be canceled. Um, but the point yeah, is, exactly. look at the way that that movie is being made. They have uh, the core three guys are talking extensively. They're also sort of like, you know, they're willing to speak on the future of Ash versus Evil Dead. Uh, they're they're being heavily interviewed on this because they're ultimately um, like the creative forces that are driving these new movies. And they want to see Evil Dead expanded beyond the old three movies. And yeah. uh, th- to sort of place this shit at like, oh, man, he made a 
Evil Dead is about like it's like about like slapstick comedy and like craziness and like uh, crazy camera work and it's basically Looney Tunes with zombies like that's what Evil Dead's about like placing that at the foot of Fede Alvarez is crazy considering like this script this whole production was essentially like a box that they gave him the tools to play with and what he came up with was was like I said despite the budget 17 million dollars despite the 60,000 gallons of blood it feels like a humble effort to me it feels like he's saying let's go back to the woods let's make a kick-ass horror movie even though they shot this in new zealand not tennessee um let's make a kick-ass horror movie uh in new the zealand has woods and let's let's go you- back to the woods of new zealand <laughs> uh, uh, New Zealand, <laughs> and let's zealand. give you a character to, to fucking root for and then mm-hmm. you know maybe we make a sequel if you guys like this we make a sequel that person could join Ash, be Ash's sidekick, which you can which was see, which was the plan, which you can see the 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 strains of that in Ash versus Evil Dead. You can see what would happen if Ash got some other badasses to team up with. Yeah, and I do think this movie, when you say let's strip away the Sam Raimi invented camera movements in some ways. And let's strip away Ash. What is an Evil Dead movie? And I think this movie gets it. Like, Evil Dead is about hapless people being confronted with a evil that unknowable, ineffable evil, evil that as you sort of understand it, you realize it's a tip of the iceberg that always stays a tip. Yes. Like, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you're like, now we figured it out. And then it's something even bigger. And... And that is what is so fun about the evil in Evil Dead. It is like, and Evil Dead 2, I think, is personifies this very well as like, I mean, that is the like, right? That is like the, this is what Evil Dead is in a perfect, uh, perfect construct. But as they keep figuring out, like, first my girlfriend dies and then this, and by the end, it's a giant monster that sucks them into a portal back in time. And then there's a, like... It is a never-ending Russian doll of evil that gets bigger and bigger as you continue to go. Like, it gets bigger as opposed to smaller, I guess. Yeah, that works as a metaphor. I'm going to go with it. Um, and that that is captured well in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, this is ultimately... Um, this is ultimately uh, sort of a... We're doing this because it's within the Evil Dead franchise, but I would yeah. have been proud to have put it. We almost put it in our, our uh, summer of uh, Screamakes. Um, it was actually my number one pick. It was the reason I really wanted to do that month, it, which is why I laughed when Peter said <laughs> that, well, maybe we do that for something else. And I'm like, what? We're doing eight episodes. Some, something That's else. like the num- Yeah, no, this this is a better something else. Something else was we need, we need to stop pretending like we need to stop being precious. We don't need to save every movie that we like. For yeah. some perfect future. Yeah, exactly. I, we don't need to do fucking... There's no, like, perfect 52 year where we're going to do all the movies we wanted to do. Like, we, we, we do the movies that we're excited to talk about. I will say, I wanted to do this really bad. But yeah. I wanted to do it in the context of the Evil Dead movies. Because I wanted to defend it on uh, a, a way turf. Or no, I wanted to defend it on home turf. Home turf. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. You I, don't know sports that well. I... But like this, in the sense that I wanted more, it to be but in the in sense the where Super it's mo- more exposed, you yeah, know, no. like it, I wanted to defend it on the ground where it was more, uh, it, it was uh, on, on deadlier ground. Um, 
<laughs> That's my favorite sequel to On Deadly Ground. Um, is that a sequel? It's like, I don't think so. And uh, like I like on, it. I said like it's a, my favorite. Like, man, choosing between all the On Deadly Ground sequels. Yeah, it's modeled after On Goldener one. Pond. Uh, that's my favorite pond movie. We got to do a pond month, Peter. Oh my god! We'll call ourselves James Pond. Um, we got it's it's on Golden Pond, male, on Golden Pond. Ponding. Uh, dead by dawn, but like sad because of illness. <laughs> uh, Army of Ponds, and then for the sequel or the remake, they just call it Golden Pond or just Gold Pond, and then Peter Fonda versus the Pond. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes um i don't know what I why oh, you I know everyone does the I, fast I and the furious movie. sequel like like let's spread this out over the fast if they if they named sequels to this movie they should do that for the evil dead i think that's a like yes the fast and the furious naming convention for their sequels is very funny um very fun to project it out but i don't know i think evil dead too like pick a movie peter I, I mean, in a sense, they kind of did the Fast and the Furious thing because the first movie from 1981 is just called is called The Evil Dead, and this Evil one Dead. is just just called Evil Dead. Simpler. Yeah. Evil you want to make a billion dollars? You. Um, my point is that I wanted. To, I would have liked wanted... if Mark Zuckerberg was in this movie and got killed in the movie. Yeah, in the movie. In you, the movie. So you're saying you wish as an documentary. actor. In yes, in the hypothetical like, documentary. And I'd like that when you movie. watch World War Two. Uh, when you watch like World War Two footage, do you think that those guys are actors in a documentary? I would like for that movie, hypothetical movie, to be shot by John Landis, <laughs> with a lot of helicopter work. A lot of like instead of them running through the forest with the cameras strapped on two by fours, why not strapped on top of a helicopter blade? I don't see why not. I mean, we'll I, that, I, I we'll feel like that makes it in the show. <laughs> I, I, I don't see why not. I, mean, I, I, I feel like you've got the plan. You've got the pitch. Um, let's see if, if Zuck's, hey, Zuck's ready to, to fuck. If you are saying that we want something bad to happen and that John Landis would be the person that, for that to happen with, I think you need to understand that he was acquitted in a court of law. Yeah. Think and as far as we know, helicopter uh, CNC shot that didn't. Uh, yeah. Turn into a ball of flame. According to our society, he's fine. They let him direct the stupids afterwards <laughs> and Blues Brothers 2000, which stars actors. So maybe not our best, but um, they were willing to risk Tom Arnold and a late career Dan Aykroyd and weirdly a, a pre pre bloom John Goodman who became better later. Yeah. Um, a post borrower. Pre-Bloom. Was he in Mouse Hunt? Did he get in on the hunt? He didn't get in on the hunt. That was a Nathan Lane joint. Oh, that's right. Uh, So let me me say the thing I was going to say 20 minutes ago. Yeah, Um, definitely do that, because I have no uh, idea where you were. So the the Evil Dead, I wanted to talk about it for sure during Scream Makes, but I said, let's talk about it. Let's let's have a harder road to hoe. Let's Let's talk talk about about it in the context of the Evil Dead movies, because ultimately that's the context it's going to be discussed. And I think that it fits in with the sequel, this this series, not just because it's a pseudo sequel or a would be sequel, uh, but 
because um, I think that it actually, like, you can defend it on those grounds. Whereas, like, if we did a, a head-to-head on Dawn of the Dead remake and Dawn of the Dead, like, I can't imagine we would have been as friendly to the Dawn of the Dead remake. But we were pretty friendly to the Dawn of the Dead remake because we got to enjoy it sort of as, like, all right, we're very familiar with the original already. We don't need to revisit it right now. Let's Let's get to it. I thought that this this movie would stand up well, yeah, that... up against up against the original, and it did. It's never going to be as good as the original, but it doesn't yeah. mean that it's worth throwing in the trash. Agreed. And uh, we actually did get to do that experiment with Ring and Ringu for me, where I made the mistake of rewatching the Ring and enjoying it, and then watching Ringu, which right after, which in a vacuum, I probably would have enjoyed the heck out of Ringu, which I still enjoyed, but following it right after. It was like, okay, well, this movie has all the same good parts as as the original and then a bunch of stuff that's worse. So I didn't I didn't really get a new experience in the fact that I watched The Ring the night before and I didn't get anything that like was new to the experience because I um, because it doesn't have new, it only has worse, or it doesn't have better. I, sorry, I didn't have anything that was better to the experience because it doesn't have uh, better. It only has equal or worse, uh, which is not the true of of the Evil Dead. It has tons of new. It's almost all new, so I can judge that on its own merits and have a really good time. And while still saying like, yes, in over in order to overcome the problem that it had with those two deficits. Its way of filling those gaps doesn't always work for me, but it can't work for me because it, the other version is perfect. So it, to get back to something we really hammered home in Screaming Month is the idea that like if the sometimes the best way to make a remake of a horror film is not to remake it. It's to take the, the essence of what it is. And try to make a, a new or different story around that different moments. Um, and I think with, with doing that, we'll, we'll get into this into more specifics. Like, this movie almost, uh, almost to a point of parody, ref, like, references Evil Dead moments without remaking them. Because I am so in on this franchise in general. I love all of it, and I could get how you could be like, yeah, I get it, the hand. Like the hand in the other one. But I don't care. They do it all different in a very fun way while still going like, hey, so an Evil Dead moment is a hand gets ripped off. So here's how I'm going to do it, and what does it mean in this movie? And I love all that. It works well, even if I recognize that like, if you are not like an Evil Dead fan... And or 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 a casual Evil Dead fan, it may not work for you because you're like, yeah, I get it, you're doing the thing. Like I could see a version of this where this annoyed me, and it doesn't in this movie at all. As a matter of fact, I feel like the the bellwether or the canary in the coal mine is if you stay to the end of the credits each time you watch this, just to see for no reason besides just going, yeah, oh, let's put him in the movie. Bruce Campbell in like barely recognizable silhouette go groovy um as like a seal of approval after you've seen the movie like if that moment works for you and you watch it each time which i do peter 
I feel like that is the deciding factor of whether this movie and what it's doing is going to be on your wavelength. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I think that uh, I think that it's uh, like the end. Let's of talk Saving about that Private moment Ryan. now. Like, what it's, do you think of that? It's like that moment at the end of Saving Private Ryan where uh, Tom Hanks says, "What does he say? Earn this, earn this." Uh, if you don't put it in the legwork and the technical skill in your remake to earn your references, they're going to be so fucking grating. But the thing, the fact <laughs> that's that they, not, hold on, but that's not even a reference. Like that is like part I'm of. I'm talking the about movie. generally what you're talking about. We'll get. I'm we'll trying get to, to figure out what the moment. equivalent of of that would be in Saving Private Ryan. Is if is if I think it's if if at the end of the credits of Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg looks at the camera and said, "World War Two again." <laughs> <laughs> like I think, like I think that's the equivalent. But I'll tell you what, Saving Private Ryan, great. <laughs> His other World War II movie is, while not as fun to talk about, is also a fantastic movie. I feel like I wouldn't be like, I would be supportive of that moment. I think it would be uh, uh, a a child, uh, an adolescent uh, Christian Bale turning to the camera and going, come to Japan now. Yeah. Um, what? <laughs> at, the, at the end of Saving Private Ryan or a different movie? It's setting up the sequel, the Pacific Theater. Oh, you're talking about Empire of the Sun? Yeah war <laughs> boom boom but like but like that it's still a static shot and he's like you're supposed to put the fucking lights on me after this it'd be like if they finally did make an escape from new york sequel at the end it's just kurt russell lighting a cigar <laughs> it'd be like if in captain ron the original captain ron l ron equally hubbard, iconic l ron hubbard comes on and he's like <laughs> oh, and yeah. at the end he's like come join sea or Thetans. Right, <laughs> yeah, but but sea org also because the org on the sea, sea org, sea org, sea org. Uh, but yeah, if if uh, if that happened at the end of Captain Ron, but does that like, like so? Did thing. you? Can I ask you a question? So did did you see this in theaters? Uh, no, I believe I was okay. I wasn't born yet. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> you were six, I believe. I'm looking at the math. 1981 i wouldn't be born for like a decade peter no for for this one the one we're talking about today. oh yeah yeah so i was i i couldn't see in theaters because i wasn't born yet either jesus christ are you on that recursive timeline thing again because i said not on the show <laughs> uh i'm helping that's a text conversation <laughs> i'm helping christopher <laughs> nolan uh bring tenet to the masses I mean, maybe it got released loop. already. We don't know. That's the fun thing. You're bringing up Tenet, the most, like, <laughs> not only will it date us, it will also definitely be wrong, whatever you say about it. It's about Is stuff that still going releasing in two weeks from now? Stuff? I don't know. Guys. Hey, write us in the past if Tenet got released two weeks from when yeah, we Yeah, let us, let us know in October if Tenet has come out yet. Uh Write to us via Time Wormhole. Uh, backdate um, your comment, though, to... <laughs> to uh, yeah, I mean, 7th, we're gonna know. Don't Tenet explain to us in the future when we'll... No spoilers. No, d- don't spoil us, but spoil us. <laughs> yeah, rub our feet. <laughs> but did you... So, fuck, will you just answer if you saw it? Like, did you go to, uh, to the no, theater? No, I, I, I saw this... I saw this at home. Um, a home video. Because I didn't have a lot of faith in it. 
Weird. Oh, I was on opening weekend with my my brother actually drove up because we I got him introduced to Evil Dead. Oh, we haven't talked about my Evil Dead origin because it starts with Army of Darkness. And I think yours starts with Evil Dead, too. So we'll still save those conversations, which is, um, I think, actually pretty normal that most people don't get exposed to uh, either of these as their first Evil Dead experience. Yeah. No, my brother, who was also who I'd got really into Evil Dead, too. He drove up and we went and saw this opening weekend and I knew about the end credit sequence and we sat and we stayed for the whole thing. My brother's girlfriend came up who had not seen any of the movies and I just remember us going like, no, we're staying for the credits. I knew exactly, like, it's just him saying. Oh, you knew opening weekend that the credit the credit thing was happening or you were just staying for the credits to... No, I knew, I knew the credit thing was happening and I told my brother, I, I told my brother it was happening. Like, we knew all it was was Bruce Campbell saying groovy and we sat there we're like, and it happened, and him and I, like, in our fucking dumbass, I think we'd had a few drinks, we're like, yeah! And um, and I just remember uh, his girlfriend, who confusingly was named Shauna, that's 100% true, was like, uh, what What was that? <laughs> Why did we stay for that? What is that? What does that have to do with anything? And then, like, we kind of explained um, probably extremely enthusiastically, but like we we, I I did reference my Evil Dead fandom. I was one, I'm one of those people that just fucking loves these movies. It literally got me into horror movies. Um, same thing for my brother Jake. Like I it really, I probably should have had him guest on one of these episodes, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> that that I have not. But yeah, no, we knew about it and we stayed and we were excited by it. And I've watched it. Uh, Three times since, one time with my current wife, hopefully only wife, <laughs> Shauna, also named Shauna, different person completely, uh, different spelling of the name as well. It was a, it is still her uh, least favorite movie I've ever shown her. I, 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 she fucking, I, I, she fucking all, hates this movie. That, that, uh, that, uh, bears some explanation. Like what, because she does like horror movies. What is it? The gore? Yeah, so like, it, what, or is it just yep, like the sheer, just the torture porniness or yep. was she confused? Like what was, what nope. was going on? Yeah. Was she confused? Did she hit her head and then you showed it and she's like, is this <laughs> happening to me right now? <laughs> I meant like, cause I don't like, the, I don't like the plot this. confusing. Did, was she incepted into the movie? Great question. No. Uh, well, thank you. No, she. Uh, did you find the plot confusing? <laughs> Do you? I guess all all your explanations that she hit her head. <laughs> like either she thinks it's happening to her, or she found this plot. No, um, it was actually so we had probably been together like a little over a year and a half, two years, something like that. Congrats and she, yeah, to you when you saw this movie. No, it was one of those like I we had seen movies, but. It was all like stuff in theaters, like like oh let's go see, you know the Wizard of Oz they're showing again, and like I don't know if we saw a horror movie in theaters, and um, in the early part of our relationship we didn't watch that many movies together. We were like I don't know having, having sex, sex. having sex. Yeah, I was trying <laughs> to figure out a way to not say it, but I mean we did make a person because of the sex we were having. Mm, um, but like we would go out and do stuff, and um, we just didn't. Want, and I, I, I wasn't the first horror movie because I knew she liked horror movies, and we had watched a couple. Um, and I, but I, it was a suggestion that I had. Cause she did not go to the theater with me and my brother to watch it. I forget why. 
Um, and then when it came out on Blu-ray, I'm like, oh, we should watch this movie. Remember when Jake came up? <laughs> and she was like, that is not the type of horror movie I like. And that's really what I figured out. Like, she likes to be scared, not grossed out. Like, and and my my point and my point to this day has been like, well, it, I get that you don't like it. You don't have to like it. But the fact that it disturbed you and made you uncomfortable and made you like constantly look away like at some level, it was effective as a horror movie, and she disagrees with that statement. I'm not like debating her perspective or anything, but like she's like, like you could do gross stuff, and I'm not going to want to look at it. That doesn't mean it's uh, that's not doesn't mean it's effective. I, I think the 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 violence in this movie is radical. It I do too. So that's gross. that's the it's so good. It's like so if gross. you just want like a hey, this movie is because I. I actually don't lump it into torture porn because torture porn is all about realism in as way of like body horror. So we're not going to do body horror in a way that's like fantastical, um, like a David Cronenberg. We're going to like really show you like if someone was cutting off your fucking arm, like here's how much blood's going to spurt out. You're going to see this bone and this is the sound it's going to make. And obviously that's. Most of that's probably not true, but that's, like, stylistically what it's going for. This is not going... Like, it's definitely going big on gore in the same way I think Evil Dead was, right, Peter? But, like, it is not going for that level of realism. It is going for volume, both literally and metaphorically. Uh, Yeah, I mentioned earlier that this movie shed somewhere between, like, 50 and 60,000 gallons of blood. Some of that has to do with the finale. Some of that has to do with, you know... When you're on the interview circuit, it's fun to have a stunt, uh, something cool to, to tout that your movie has for the horror yeah. nerds, because clearly they were trying to bring in the hardcores. It it, it appears to work. The movie cost seventeen million dollars. Um, it made a hundred million. Most of that was in blood. Um, dr- drowning in blood. Uh, it actually made uh, a bunch of that money uh, in, uh, internationally. So you know, it wasn't a huge success domestically. I think it was something like forty-seven of its hundred yeah. was here. Uh, Should have been bigger. Um, lots of garbage movies get. I actually think I actually think forty seven is pretty good for this movie. Like I'm not, but with marketing, how do you think it made much money? I mean, they were going to make a sequel. Like I think between international box office and yeah. I, I'm sure this movie turned a profit. Yeah. Well, anyways, the 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 point <laughs> is that like, it, it, despite the fact that the blood uh, is like a cool talking point for interviews, like it shows this movie is uh, almost entirely. Yeah special uh practical effects um the only thing yeah there's two use... there's two parts that's not i thought it was no uh cgi but there is there's two cgi parts the only stuff minus they the really like used... removing wires yeah, yeah the only stuff they really use cgi for um and in totality is um or uh you know over the course of the movie is yeah removing wires removing equipment um you know like the like if they blow off a squib pack and part of the plastic shows through they cover that up which is in my mind when you're making a horror movie the ideal use of cgi is uh is 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 not adding elements it's removing elements um yeah what were the two shots was it the was it the shotgun blast at the beginning uh no it was the fire uh at the beginning um oh that makes sense so and um, they still had a real person in the fire. They just like CGI'd the face yelling over it because that's hard to do. I imagine with practical effects without uh, murdering someone by fire. Yeah, which, that's fine. Even that's in fine. New Zealand, not allowed. 
Um, <laughs> that's that's fine. I mean, I I, uh, I think CGI could also be in service to just pure safety. The effect looks great anyways. And then some of the... Uh, so they did do practical effects for the face cut, the face cutting off scene, but they had to do like there wasn't a way to do that with wire, so they did some digital uh, compositing to put like that. So it's still a practical effect; it's just digitally CGI'd onto that person's face in that moment. I don't think you need. I don't think you would notice at all. <laughs> I don't think you'd notice while you're watching the movie. I certainly didn't. I I no. think the CGI face in the fire. I'm like, yeah, that makes. That makes some sense. Um, but at least you're pulling from raw elements. Like, you're not, like, editing, um, you know, a, a demon face out of whole cloth from CGI. You're, like, compositing no. elements and you together. And you can tell, because this does feel like... But it's done in the Tom Savini way. Like, which is... Tom Savini didn't really work on the Evil Dead movies. But it's that idea of, I'm not looking for realism. I'm looking for gross. So what's gross to do? Yeah, um, and this is a guy who was a combat photographer in Vietnam, and he still was like, let's blow this out a little bit. Yeah, and I, I think that's why it's so good. So we're already kind of getting to the movie, Peter. I think it's time to do a, do a full transition. Are you ready to talk about Evil Dead, parentheses, 2013? Yeah. give us some alternate taglines for the film evil dead now i have to do multiple taglines i didn't know you liked this segment this much peter but I'm i love it i just wanted it. to go on longer uh the penultimate experience in grueling terror it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good um if you like suburbia <laughs> right that wasn't that the name of the jane levy show that people say is really good but i never got around to watch yeah it's, never like, got around to watching it either on any platform yeah, um, you'll okay. be cabin a good time. <laughs> cabin a good time. <laughs> cabin a good time. I'm a uh, do you like hands? Find a new movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hand fans, stay clear. <laughs> he hates these hands. <laughs> <laughs> he hates hands. <laughs> stay away from the hands. <laughs> I like my Navin Johnson impression. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's um, pretty. Go ahead. Um, Evil Dead. Evil Dead. If you've seen the original, you've more or less understanding that you more or less understand where we're going with this but uh there are some surprises <laughs> in the third you act get, you get you what's get going it. on but you can't actually go, i don't i don't think actually, you do no, because actually, ev- everything is different like the yeah. setup yeah but a bunch of kids go up to a cabin and uh they all die except for the final girl like it's that i mean they used to but in the first one they go for fucking yes except for one like they also bring they also bring bruce campbell's sister to hear the fucking through the cabin walls which we didn't talk about but it is weird like I don't know if it's weird, but if you're going, if you're a horny teen 
or early 20-something going to the cabin with another couple who's like, this is where we're going to fuck. Like, at the cabin, where we can fuck in peace with our friends fucking in other rooms. It's weird that one person would go under the under the very clear, like, there's going to be, we're going to get to the cabin. We're going to have a dinner. We're going to have a couple drinks. And then us two couples are going to go to our rooms to fuck. Do you want to come? And Bruce Campbell's sister in that movie is like, sure. Um, I want to hear in in stereo fucking from two different rooms. (laughs) Fucking Like, would you go... Like, the only way to do that is if, like, it's just, like, it's five friends and two of them are a couple and they're gonna fuck. Like, you don't want to be the fifth wheel, I don't think. I mean... I don't think that people talk about it in those terms. They say, we're going up to party. You should come up to the cabin to party. Yeah, but these, I mean, when it's two couples and then you, like, you know you're going to be fucking. But it sounds like they're, like, at least the Bruce Campbell They're not going on like hikes a in that cabin. They didn't like bring a long-term uh, couple. Which, like... Like a, lo- like a, like a relationship, Peter? Yeah. Like, a, like, it seems like, it doesn't seem like they're like, well, this is my, my, my hubby for the weekend. It feels like the, the, you know, Bruce Campbell's like, oh yeah, it's my long-term girlfriend. Like, they all seem buddy-buddy. Did you know? I don't think it's that weird, but I do, like, I, I, I don't know. Did you know that all the names in this movie? Spell. Oh, uh, the initials spell oh, demon. Demon. Yeah. Demon. Fun demon tri- dead. Fun trivia, but it's also one of those things where it's like. Who oh, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's something that you, you... Oh, yeah. It's easy. It's actually super easy to make names that spell words. If you, if that's a thing that's important to you. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, they go they go in this movie for drug counseling. Actually, did, which did you know I will say... In, uh, the thing, all their names spell out the name Mennonite. Is why no one in the movie has zippers. <laughs> like, you could... As far as I know, that's true. But it doesn't... It sounds like too much work. Um, John Carpenter. The moment somebody we need two end names, he'd be like, "Uh, absolutely not." Absolutely yeah, not. McCready and Mac. That's not end names. Oh, I think it's M Knight. No, well, there's Mem- only one Mem- M Knight. Mem 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 But yeah, I uh, so I will say again, one of the things that's fine but worse is. Uh, the drug addiction stuff doesn't really work for me. It works um, for me. The only it does it. Yeah, I. It's a. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a interesting. Pull. It's more interesting. It's more interesting. You're, you're, I'll explain why when I go through the recap. But you, you we'll go you through the recap. I thought, so I mean, it doesn't. Like I said, it's fine, but worse is like that's one. Like they're like, okay, we're not going to go up for the party. We're the fucking. <laughs> so why are we at this cabin? And why can't people leave the cabin? Um. Even when shit turns turns super real, gets gets super real. What happens, Peter, when vacations? I forget the real world tagline. Start start stop, stop being what? Stop what do they stop being? Are they are they stopping being fake? Is that what stop, it is? No, they're stop being just... kind and start being real. Mm. Stop being nice. Okay, yeah. Is is that what it is kind or is it that nice? Seems... Maybe nice. I feel like kind is too big of a word for that show. <laughs> I get it's the same amount of letters. Um, but conceptually, True story of five strangers picked to live in a house and have their lives. But when people stop being polite 
polite. Start getting the real world. Real. I've never seen an episode of the real world, so that surprises me because you you strike me as <laughs> as someone who's watched maybe Why? nine thousand hours of it. But I remember you didn't have a uh, cable growing up, so that makes sense. I mean, the real world was on well past growing up. I or the show was on. Cable was also <laughs> cable kept going. Cable's still going, Peter. You can't stop cable. If there's one thing that I've been trying to say on this show, that cable trains never, it can morph, it can change. You know, it's YouTube TV, Hulu TV, clearly the lesser product, even though your brother pitched me pretty hard on it. It's worse. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Why it's interesting is it allows our hero to start out in the role of the first possessed, the one that everyone's trying to save. Um, and then actually become the hero who who survives the whole thing and stops it. I, I find that very conceptually interesting. But I feel like, like again, it's it's one of those things where it's fine, but worse. It, it, it adds an somberness to the first half hour that feels like a step down from what Evil Dead is ultimately going for and where this movie ultimately ends up, which is over-the-top grotesqueness. I feel like trying to root it in, like, real-world trauma is less interesting to me and feels like something out of a more... Out of a less interesting horror movie, in ge- like a by the numbers horror movie, and yeah, again, I, I think it. this movie, I get yeah, it, but I think this movie supersedes that and like gets out of those roots that it sets for himself at the beginning. I don't want a sad Evil Dead movie ultimately, and the whole the whole thing with like her mom and her relationship with her brother, and if it was going to take those themes and and run with them throughout. Maybe it has it's it's doing something, but I feel like it drops it to go to the the more interesting movie, which I'm glad it does. And so it's like, well, why am I watching just sadness? Um, I disagree. Uh, pretty soundly. Um, but I'll get into it for in a second. Oh yeah, go yeah, go through the recap. Yeah. Um, but we'll 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 get to it. Um, because it's it is some part. It's a part that's controversial about the movie. The movie begins with, uh, it's a cabin getaway. It is tacitly supposed to be, everyone knows it, including the addictee, um, that this yeah. is a... Uh, this is sub- the this story is of an is the story of a girl who did all the heroin in the world. She and is. She looks so bad in photographs. She can chase on someone in half <laughs> when she... So, um, Mia is addicted to heroin, um, and she wants to get clean. She wants to have friends around her. One of the friends is a registered nurse, so she's going to sort of do, like, the, you know, the medical part of that, because you don't go cold turkey off heroin unless you want to risk dying. Um, You sound like you understand how nurses work. Go ahead. (laughs) Um... So she's there with her brother and a bunch of their old friends who she trusts very much. And, you know, the, the, the trip sort of starts off with her pouring her, her heroin down the well. Um, and then from that point forward, she... Uh, <laughs> the well itches. <laughs> then she starts shooting up the well. <laughs> needle by needle. Uh, you know what? You know what? It would be even more evil dead if the well's like, give me more heroin. <laughs> <laughs> this shit's good. Uh, no, actually, the demons at one point call her like a junkie whore or something. You ca- and it's yeah, like, you ca- it's, yeah, like, yeah, it's a little judgmental rules. demon, okay? You're like, you got your own sexually thing. You missed the prologue, murdering by the way. people. Like, you're, you're getting you a little. 
judgy. You miss. You got to get to the prologue because I mean, we'll we'll get to it in a second. But like, um, so that the uh, but so essentially, that's where the 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 main plot of the movie starts is her is is a heroin addict, and so as things get crazier in the movie. Um, she starts to see visions, she starts to see her dark half, which is sort of symbolized as, you know, this actual, like, a dark version of her. Her hair is drenched in blood to the point it's basically black, um, which is cool, because she already has brown hair, so it's like, it's like, it's an extra shade, and she's, like, uh, got a demon face and all that, um. And it also replaces, like, because, again, they wanted to cut back on Sam Raimi's trademark, which represented the evil but also is just part of who directed the movie um it allows her to be chased through the woods by something other than a camera yes yes and um so she's uh she's turning uh, she's being chased essentially by a demonic vision of a deadite so what is a deadite we talked about it a lot last time but uh we are reintroduced to it uh in the opening that happens right before this which is um a a woman gets snatched up in the woods and you're like, fuck this movie. Like, absolutely not. Uh, it's a bunch of rednecks going like, we got her. We got the bitch. And like, the, it's it's just like, absolutely not. And then it immediately subverts that. It immediately yep. is like, absolutely not. That's not that kind of movie. She is in uh, being tied up in uh, the basement of a cabin. A witchy figure is telling her uh, her father that she needs to burn her to death. And she's like, no, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And then the father's like, yeah, you you murdered your mom. You murdered some other people. Like, you're you're a deadite. The only way to clean your soul is to burn you to death. So we're sort of establishing what the rules are with deadites right off the bat. And then, uh, oh, the deadite does the, the face flip. It says, it says it starts swearing at the dad and telling him he's going to rip his soul out and the, the whole deal. Um and then uh, he does, he, he burns her to death, and that sort of introduces the, the movie with an awesome title card. Um, so we're seeing Mia, and we're seeing, like, oh, Mia's going to turn into this. So let's jump. And then they go down in the basement pretty quickly, because they haven't been to the cabin in a while. They smell uh, all these, like, dead hanging animals, and are like, and you connect pretty quickly, like, oh, yeah, this is the cabin where we saw the effects of someone getting possessed. Yes. So to jump back to the addiction plot, Mia is saying something smells fucking horrible. Like her senses are, are, are being sharpened. She's crying out in agony. Like she's losing her sanity because she's sobering up and going through this horrific withdrawal. Um, and the reason I love this plot is kind of uh, multifold. One, uh, extremely sick of horny kids go up and to a cabin as a setup for a movie it's it's extremely i mean uh, i'm not done it wasn't a binary option though like i'm just saying yeah but this is actually something that dramatically grabbed me i was like oh this is an interesting this is a reason why they not only have to be up there but they they not only have to be up there but there's a reason for them to all stick together there's a reason that they're all kind of bound together even you know some of them seem like they haven't seen each other in a while like they're all bound together because they're trying to help mia which is way more interesting than like bachelor weekend or you know summer getaway at the lake like the typical sort of party boy yeah, stuff that, like i just don't i don't like in slasher movies but i don't mind in the original evil dead it would have been extremely pat for them to go with one of those options yeah, it's just, it's so dour, especially when it comes to, like, um, hey, everyone's surprised to see the brother there, because the brother didn't even show up when the mom was dying of being insane. 
I guess. Yeah. Like, um, that's what, so it's, it it's is sad, like, I, but, but it makes, it makes you like the characters though, or like be dramatically connected so, with the characters. Uh, I feel, actually, uh, I'm extremely connected oh, yeah. to Jane Levy at that point in the movie. I'm yeah, so I'm, Jane I'm Levy, yeah, for, yeah. I'm rooting for our true hero in the movie, Jane Levy. So when she gets possessed and she turns into the villain of the movie, it actually has a lot of impact. Because I watch, I'm watching her descent into madness while everyone's ignoring her and saying, you know, it's just, it's just the drugs leaving her system. Even the registered nurse is like, it's just the fucking drugs leaving her system. Like, it does make me feel less sympathy for everyone else, though, because there's a part where she is like, hey, because they, they all say, like, we're, we've agreed, we've been through this before, and we've given up because she gives up and wants drugs. We're part of the advantage of this cabin is that we have the keys to the car. Like, she's stuck. She can't. She can't say she wants to give up and we're going to acquiesce to that. But what makes it difficult from, like, their character's perspective is that at some point, which you haven't got to yet, she does leave and comes back after being, like, fully confronted with her demon self slash a quasi-tree rape scene, which we'll get to. Um, she comes back, like, all bloodied and torn up and everyone's like... Yep, she's she's she threw herself into trees, and part of me does make me it, that whole thing makes me feel less sympathy for the other characters. This this is before she gets that full possessed put in the basement that you just talked about because it's like, yeah, even if that's true, she has giant wounds all over her, and I like I do feel uncomfortable with this like this person who's like a bloody mess and everyone who are ostensibly her friends and family being like, she's just doing it for attention. Like, especially knowing what we know is that she was like raped by a hair follicle of her double or a hair, a ponytail of her double. Like it is just like, you guys are like, this is beyond helping drug addiction. This is like, sure. If the drug addict slits her wrists, she may be doing it to figure out a way to get drugs. You might want to take her to the hospital anyway. Yeah, I, I think that's... Like, I, but I think that the movie is very specific about keeping this the drug addiction plot brief because they very quickly realize... But that's that why they won't of, help her when she out is, of their like, depth. mangled. They re- and that they, they realize they're out of their depth and they're relying on Olivia and they can't fucking trust Olivia. And at that point in the movie, they dispense with Olivia. Like the, the yeah. Vega dies right around there when the the movie real the, the the characters realize Olivia dies right around when the characters realize like oh shit um, we can't trust her like we were trusting the the medical professional we thought that this was the smart thing to do she was vouching for us so it makes me actually dislike the Olivia character quite a bit but the rest of the characters I still have sympathy for them because they were just like yeah mm. I guess like you said she kept saying this is the same treatment she'd get in the hospital and like. I understand that people can be stupid, but at least I like that. I like that they you they use that plot briefly at the beginning. It makes me uh, endeared to Jane Levy, who that part's this, true. And this movie is going to be a magic act where you have to watch uh, all these other dorks that you don't necessarily care about that much. <laughs> um. And then at the end of the movie, they're going to give you somebody to root for that you saw as like the key villain the whole time. And it fucking works. So like. No, no, I I agree with you. The arc as a whole works. The whole thing is. But my point is, it's all about subversion. It's all about like, okay, usually these kids are up here to party. Actually, they're dealing with the output of drug addiction. Uh, Usually 
usually when you watch these movies like the possessed girl ends up being uh, you know demonized until maybe the last eight seconds and then she becomes a victim instead she gets to become the hero she gets to become the next ash and the whole movie is basically like mm. is this person the next ash is this movie the ash stand in and then for the last 25 30 minutes of a 90 minute movie it's like no actually our ash was sitting right in front of your face but you didn't recognize it and that's what's amazing about this because the first two ed uh, evil dead movies ash is our audience surrogate for this like insanity descent um and halfway through evil dead 2 he becomes a hero for the rest of the series we know well but remember in the beginning of evil dead 2 he gets possessed and he becomes all those other people are like what the fuck do we do with this yeah no i I think it's hard to watch evil dead 2 without that perspective that you know the 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 nostalgia perspective mm -hmm. but think about like uh us you watching evil dead for the first time and you're like oh shit they just brought ash back to get possessed and to have like a recognizable face play the lead demon and then a few minutes later they're like no ash is your hero like that sort of subversive stuff is like that sort of subversive of your a subversion of your expectations even as a fan is why i like the the like she's a addict and she's trying to get better let's get you on her side and then make her disappear for like become a monster for 30 to 40 minutes and then come back and she's the hero like that shit is so good so I guess my my criticism is of degrees, not of where it ends up. Like, and again, it's not that I I think this movie is successful once it really gets past all of that first uh, thirty minutes of setup. Which I do I don't disagree with you that that setup helps helps the like that that setup is important to where the movie is going and where the movie is going rules. I guess what I would have my criticism would be. Is you need to like turn the both the dourness, the seriousness, and the friends um blaseness of her plight before she gets fully possessed and ends up in the basement. You need to turn that down a few degrees. Like I just feel I like don't it think went. they're blase at all though. I feel like they I, very uh, quickly I, realize I they're know, dealing dude, with a like, fucking demon. Like once they get to that point, but like when she comes back from her, that's the pro- like it's not just the way her friends react; it's what we know as an audience, right? So, so we know that her and her brother like haven't seen each other in a long time. We know that she was there sitting by the bedside of her mother as she died in some horrible way, and her brother didn't show up, and now her brother's coming back into life and decided to do this, and then she finally is like you know, is not being believed by the people around her about, like, all this weird vision she's seeing of herself. And then, like, then she leaves and comes back, and during that time, she is she is gored by a tree and raped. And then she comes back, and everyone's kind of like, yeah, this is what she does. She probably threw herself... Like, that That part is everyone. So, like, like as an audience member, too, I'm just like, yeah, this feels really, like bad all the way around and too serious and too sad but they make a point they make a point that when she comes back from the woods she's a little scratched up and just has a thorn in her Mm -mm. no she only has one i disagree with she said uh Uh, olivia says that out loud she says like she only has one she only has like a wound she ran into it she ran into a tree a little bit like and she they patch up the wound they don't know that she was sexually assaulted by the... Fair. I'm just saying, like... So, I mean, obviously they should not have included that part at all. We'll, we'll probably end up talking about that, but I... Yeah, let's... It, let's it, do you want to just do that right now? Let's just do it right now. Okay. So, I will say... Really, the one we, thing I we, like and we actually kind of... We it, owe a little bit of the original, and we did mention it near the end because we just were talking about so much other Evil Dead and setting up the series and stuff like that, that that there's, there's a tree rape scene that was meant... Um, 
and I, I don't say meant as like an excuse, but was the idea of it being completely over the top and let's just sh- let's just do these amazing practical effects and and show in, in a movie that is always going to eleven. It took sexual assault and took it to eleven. That was supposed to be goofy and funny. Sexual assault is never goofy and funny, even when it's done by uh, raping trees or anything like that. And Sam Raimi himself has said, "I was dumb. I was nineteen. I was trying to figure out how to push the envelope in different ways. If I had to go back, I wouldn't have done it that way." So, unfortunately, because of um, even though I'm a big fan of Evil Dead. Oh, a lot of horror movie fans and Evil Dead fans and fans in general are the fucking worst. And there was a big controversy leading up to this movie about, well, they better include the fucking raping tree. Um, And those people suck. And one of those people, unfortunately, that also believed that because it was not going to be included, um, was the producer, Rob Tappert. Yep. Um, Supposedly, Fede uh, Elvera said, "Like, yeah, that they, they they asked that I include that." Even they though made him. Another, no, they made a, him. There's another. He saw scene, the cut. There's another right. scene where the fucking where they could have been. That could have been the scene where she was being taken. Instead, they decided to use the sexual assault. Yes, um, and they could have done many things with that same scene without like getting wrapped up by the trees to confront your like. But yeah, Rob Tabert said, "Hey, where's literally according to according to the director?" The quote was. When he saw the first cut, where's my raping tree? Like, he was one of those people, which sucks because he's married to Lucy Lawless and Lucy Lawless rules. But, like, it sucks that that was his attitude. It sucks that they made him put in a version of it. It is definitely not as comic as the original. Um, And it is very different in that, like, she's bound by trees and then her double costs up a ponytail or her hair. And then that hair because it's so wet also looks like a tree root climbs up and enters her, which is like when she is fully possessed. Uh, it still sucks. It's still incredibly graphic. I give, I give the, the first one four no no's and this one five on a scale of one to five. Like it, I, I feel like I don't want to say the original is defensible, um, but even Sam Raimi has said it's not defensible. He just, here's why I did. I wouldn't do it anymore. It was dumb. Um, but know that I was going for this. And obviously, I wish I would have realized at that age that that is never going to be over the top funny in the way that all the other gruesome stuff. And for and to Sam Raimi's credit, it is something that completely exited Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, his subsequent movies, like he would go to the over the top well many, many times. He would never go to the over the top well for sexual violence. The idea in 2013 that um, the director had the sense to not do that. Yeah. Let me let me offer a half hearted defense. Half hearted. Um, one. Can you quarter? Pretend you're like a Zelda and you got a quarter heart left. <laughs> um one beep i'm gonna make the zelda beeping noise the whole it time. is entirely different than the original um yeah in that uh the, the the it is while it is shot just like a rape scene with branches you know restraining a woman it's very evidently that she's being penetrated like all of the awfulness of that uh the um the fact that this is a woman that is a figure of agency in the plot she is the most important character in the plot does make Mm -hmm. it better than the original the original's worsen is is 
you know, while that scene is horrific in a it, 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 within itself, that character essentially just exists to be victimized. Victim, yeah. victim, victim, victim all around. And this, it's like she is, it's, it's essentially becomes, because it's a story of a woman who has become possessed, and then she uh, has to fight her way out of that possession to become a hero, to defeat the evil that violated her. She has to, it, it, the, the, the sort of violation, I mean, sure, Rob Tapper, fuck, like, like that, that fucking sucks that he was like, I need to, you need to have the sexual assault in there. I imagine if they made the movie in 2020, but, but, but my point is that this is playing into something, this is playing into something a little bit deeper about possession films, which possession films are the concept of rapey possession. in general they're rapey in yeah. general the concept of a possession is essentially the ultimate violation it's something that enters your body takes away all your agency all your ability to take away consent or all your ability to provide consent it absolutely takes everything from you uh there's a scene in in the exorcist where reagan is um masturbating with a cross that's sort of like that's sort of like i think like a a a, a beat point on this um on this theme which is that like possession has always been somewhat sexual in nature because the idea is that the demon is this outside invasive male force that's coming in it is using your body as a plaything, and then it will dispose of you wherever it wants so like i'm not saying it's forgivable so- i'm saying the, sh- the scene should not have been in the movie they should have found a more clever way of having that sort of invasive act visualized than which because which they clearly the- did in the first cut yes right? because yes because they establish it that she gets uh the, you know the demon the demon zooms in and it, there, there's essentially two possession scenes in this movie yeah i imagine maybe the first one was cut down but my point is that like this does hint back at um, what possession narratives are, which is like that uh, the demon is is a sexually violating creature. Um, and it's not necessarily about like male violence, though the demons demons are usually like uh, symbolically portrayed as men um, with horns and, and tails and like very phallic symbols. Um, but it, it is like it is operating on a different level than a rape scene in in um like I spit on your grave or something, right? Like it, it is yeah. it is operating on a different sort of level, but I'm saying it but it can still be just as triggering and just as awful and for kind of no purpose uh as as some as a scene that involves a human man. Yeah, I don't in a vacuum. And when I first saw this movie too, I was like appreciative of that they didn't do a remake of the 1981 in both I probably would have offered the same half-hearted defense that you did, Peter. I think that's true, even with the the, the asterisk that you said of like it, it'd be better if it wasn't in the movie. But here's a here's a way that it doesn't feel as bad um, on whatever you know that scale is. But um, I guess what what makes it less defensible for me again is the is extra textual knowledge, which you, I can apply it to a film. I cannot. I certainly apply it. I, you know, like I, I feel like I apply it to a lot of movies and actors and directors and stuff that I've seen in my life. So now, and I'm not saying that you're, you're, you would argue against this with me, but knowing that knowledge that there, that the director did not plan to include that, and that a now 50 year old Rob Tapper demanded in 2013 that they include my tree rape scene, everything about it feels so much worse that. 
it, it feels like that defense only exists even in a half-hearted sense without that extra textual knowledge. Um, and I'm not trying to indict you by saying that. I'm just like, I, I get what you're saying. If you're like, and I, you're, you're saying in the movie, it, it works a little better. And I, I would agree with that. Knowing that it feels like it works way, way less. I think we fundamentally agree that it shouldn't. I, I do too. Movie. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, I can see where I can see that because like, I'm not, but like at the end of the day, we do, you and I in the show have been like, Hey, just because the creators might've been crappy people or made crappy decisions. And I, I feel like in Rob Tappert's team more, it would be more like he made a crappy decision. Uh, I imagine he's way smarter about this shit now. Um, I mean, that, that feels like 2013 to 2020 feels like less of a bridge to be honest, but yeah, but, um, The I would imagine he's he, he would know that this is just you know not not territory you tread into lightly, um you know just one more it's not one more violative act it's not oh well we did uh, a knife kill or you know a knife against the tongue thing earlier now we can do nails all right well you know what we should chuck in there that's also a violative act rape like it's not it's not on the same continuum right um and, and I, I I like to think he would understand it better now. But but regardless, the point was that like we do that we do the the thing on the show, which is like what does the text say versus like what is the actual yeah. textual information. I think the text itself, without knowing that story, which I also I knew that story as well, and not to put you like on blast or anything, because I agree with you. Um, the text. Why would I be on blast that you also knew the information that I knew? Yeah, the text exactly. The that text, doesn't put me on blast. Exactly, the text itself. Doesn't um, yeah, I, I, I the text do itself leads into the history of exorcism films and the concept of possession, which is you know as old as as old as religion. Uh yeah, religion also. P.S. Super rapey. Yeah, <laughs> very violative. But yeah, we, um, we needed to talk about that, even though you know it's 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 in the movie. I think we're in agreement. I do think that how you decide to look at it from the perspective of the story behind the story is where. Um, it gets interesting, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's regardless. We can, like we the original, it is creepily well realized. Like, yeah, it is such a scary. It scene. is definitely disturbing. Like, like it. This is not something that they like. They shucked off. Like, this is like a, something they put a lot of work into. So, like the the philosophy behind it is worth digging into. Uh, agreed. So we've kind of we we kind of stopped on the plot. Oh yeah, I mean, you did kind of. But we're also almost two hours into this, so I feel like Peter, you can you can say we don't need to do this. But what if we just start? So the end of the movie is that I think we've already alluded to all her friends die, partially at her hand, and then she gets redeemed, gets the possession out of her by her brother, who buried. Why don't we didn't even talk about the book? Maybe do you can cut <laughs> cut out me saying all that. How do you feel that the book is? Uh, how do you feel that the book is opened by uh, someone who's a Latin dork? Do you feel like that gives gives them a bad name? Do you think I'm a Latin dork because I took two years of Latin that I don't remember any of it, so I didn't have to speak a language? <laughs> Sorry, Latin dork. Here's what I think about the book, Peter. You want me to? You want me to be real for a second? Tell me about the book. I think that they're cowards and they should have given the book a face. <laughs> yeah, wait, hold on. Why doesn't the book have a face? And That's why- legitim- legitimately, Peter. My like, I've named some gripes in this movie. I do have gripes with this movie. I think my biggest gripe is like, give the book a face. 
It's one of it's one give of the, it a face. There are like there are everyday ass books in the real world. Like was it the Harvard Library that had a book bound in in skin? Yeah, um, there are everyday ass books that are bound in skin. You got to make it special. It's got to be face skin. I'm just saying, like it could have been a little more subtle than the ones in the '80s one. Fine. But you gotta give oh, it a yeah. face. Like, don't maybe just you're make like, it like. Don't, as far as you know, that's cowhide. Give it a human face. Yeah, like you could They're have like cowards. the mouth on one side. Like the the it, the face goes over the binding, so you can't quite. Yeah, tell you it's open a face it up until and... you open the book, and someone sees the back of it or something. Yeah, it's like it's like a dual page in a comic. Like oh, when I open the binding, yeah. this is a full face. This is um, this is a this is a this is a goofy little picture. What's going on over here? What? Oh, there's a whole what? other picture. Oh, the binding's a nose. Uh, fine, but nose I uh, legitimately my note is, which I uh, is just give it a face, you cowards. That is my note, um, verbatim, and I truly believe that. Why do Why do you think? Okay, so I have two problems with the book: no face, and then also they had a clunky but altogether more believable explanation for why they 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 read the summon in the original. Yeah, this Which guy is, is just like, I don't know, words? Who wouldn't hit play on a tape recorder, right? But who is like... And who would know when to stop hitting play? Like, he only reads four words, and I guess those four words... Suck. They were the good words. They were the good words. And the also, he, as long as we're, we're, we're saying correctly why they're cowards, like... Why don't do the tape recorder? Why did like, they... Why did you they have that? the tape recorder... Over the credits, which is great, because that's a great... We talked about this last week. Great reading. I'm glad it gets new life, even if it's over the credits for some reason. Sure. Do the tape rec- Why wouldn't you do the tape? The tape recorder is the part that makes sense. It's, oh, weird. All this stuff. Oh, and they recorded a message. Let me play this. It's weirdly elegant, because who would see yeah. a ready-to-go tape recorder in a creepy basement and not hit play whereas like this they needed like a latin dork to read through this shit and then it's also sort of in english it's also the worst um the worst hannibal guy (laughs) mason uh, what's his name mason verger mason i was gonna say verde mason (laughs) mason but i'm like i think i've been watching better call Saul. yeah better call Saul for sure um yeah, he's the he's the worst of those two. The other one's better, Michael Pitt, um, or as I call him, Mike Pitt. Mike Pitt. <laughs> Why is Mike Pitt a funny name to me? Ah. Is it late or is Mike Pitt funny and Michael Pitt is more serious? It's funny to anyway, me because it's funny to me because Michael Pitt would fucking hate it. <laughs> Mike Pitt, the Pittster. Oh, um, don't talk to me that way. It's Michael. Yeah, it doesn't like the other the other reason why it doesn't work in this is that the the basement and the other one is just a creepy basement in that it's a basement in a cabin. And so it's creepy and they find a tape recorder in a book. That's weird. This one is like their basement and they know what's supposed to be there. And not only do they find this fucking book wrapped in barbed wire, but they also have 80 dead animals strung up and other like blood everywhere. And so I feel like even just the idea of like, oh, I gotta check out this book and read it is way more believable in the in the first one, or just a basement that's a basement with a creepy book. Like, then like, oh, weird, how this book end up in our basement? Like, this guy like sees all the 
accoutrements of of, of evilism or Satanism or whatever demonology and he's like i better read a bunch of this out loud for some reason yeah it doesn't make as much sense and again one one of it's this is actually one of those things that i i I wouldn't call it fine but worse i would just call it straight up worse and not good is like you didn't need to take that part out like the tape recorder that's that's fair game in a remake you can have a tape you can have it say different words, maybe, if you don't like the original words, although the original words are good. But you don't need to invent a new reason for how the evil gets released. Like Also, like, also, like, they're passing up a solid opportunity here, which is like... Have Bruce Campbell read it? Have Bruce Campbell read it. Why would he read it, though? Ooh, I don't spooky. Know. Then he gets to explain why in the sequel. Um, well, doesn't he read... Oh, now we're getting into really weird... But he wasn't uh, recording it while he was reading. Anyways, so... Um, but doesn't he at some point record into the tape recorder? Like, it'd be kind of cool if they found it and it was like, Don't say the words, Klaatu, Veratu, Niktu. Because that actually kind of works. Be funny. Thematically. It'd be funny. Um, and the... the uh, 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 They're passing up the opportunity that, like, a lot of horror movies have taken up on. That's old technology is inherently creepy. All the pops and crackles... Yeah. Are are inherently creepy. They literally played tiptoe through the tulips in uh in what is it Insidious, and they were like, "Isn't that creepy?" And I was like, "Tiptoe through the tulips was like something grandmas played for their grandkids in the seventies, like that." But you played it through a record player or a gramophone, and you were like, "Spooky old timey music." You know what else works? Like they find an old VHS player down there and a TV, and like. It shows like here, look what I'm I'm opening the book. I want to film it. And like they're like, Yeah, get a plug in. You find some A V cords. Oh look, oh, this one doesn't even need the red one, just the just the white and the yellow. This is super old old school. <laughs> let's see what let's see what's on this video. Like there's there would be ways to even update the creepy old technology in a fun way. Uh although I also be like, Oh, someone's MP three player. <laughs> When's the last time you seen an iPod nano? <laughs> <laughs> 2013 we all have iphones um a first i found a first generation ipod in the basement <laughs> is this a zune <laughs> like hook up the zune to the hi-fi look, look the instagram the instagram app is just like an old-timey camera <laughs> look this guy made a myspace page <laughs> <laughs> there's no apps there's no apps oh, look there's there's a little mini file he's posted what the fuck <laughs> Uh, yeah, so anyways, yeah, terrible mistake. And I actually really like that. I'm not surprised, like, before Jane Levy comes back, like, he's the most identifiable character because he's decided to forget about his friend and his everything else. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna really get into this book. <laughs> Which, and, uh, he's, he does, he does have the funniest lines, I suppose, too, throughout. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to tell me some of those funny lines? Oh no, I read the book. <laughs> um uh, I don't know. Uh, so know anyways, what, yeah. Know what, let's talk about some spooky shit. Let's talk about the spooky shit. So, all the spooky shit is so goddamn good. I love before they locked Jane Levy in the basement her like I love it both as a callback to the way the Deadites speak in the original Evil Dead trilogy and just the way it's done here where before they lock her in the basement and she comes out of her room and is like, they're like, hey, 
Mia, you're not leaving, so stop the stuff. And she just looks at him and is like, you're all going to die tonight in the demon voice. And everyone's like, oh, wait a sec. Is this not good? This feels different. This doesn't feel like a time. typical part of a, of an intervention. Is this where I say all the ways I've been harmed? <laughs> is, is this where I notice that we're in the Garfield house? Yeah, or? this is where this is where the movie easily could have become a parody. Like Mia saying, "Like you cocksuckers, I'll tear your throats out," and, and they're like, "Mia, when you do heroin, you fail to <laughs> show up for my." 29th birthday party you didn't even notice i bought the jim davis house (laughs) mia because of the heroin you were doing at the time you didn't even notice my cool garfield phone look that couch is odie no one's even come and visited me let's just supplant i know fuck Fuck garfield yeah that's that's how you've hurt me uh let's just make a remake of evil dead that is Evil Dead crossed with that one. Uh, I think you should leave skit. It'd be great. Let's let's let's. Where's get my treasure? The tre- the, the guy who comes back is just looking for his tape. Where's my book? <laughs> he, also, he also he also keeps his uh, Garfield compendium in a garbage bag wrapped in barbed wire. <laughs> yeah, that's the book. Is like the the the, the complete Garfield collection. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the framed one where John drinks the sperm. <laughs> and and that's what happens. The guy reads it out loud like, you're gonna have a litter of puppies. Uh, there's also a shot of uh, Mia killing a dog with a hammer. Do you think she would do that to normal? Kind of. There's a shot of... Her brother imagining that's what happened. I think it's I think it's canon. I think he's sure. putting the pieces together and the movie is like, hey, you missed this earlier because she was blacked out. Uh, she killed a dog with a hammer. Uh, why is it that that shot like as somebody who doesn't like when they kill dogs in these movies? Why? Why is it for, for some reason in that shot? I'm like, that was vicious and terrifying because it's it's just a POV shot from the dog's perspective of uh, Jane Levy swinging a hammer. And it scares the shit out of me. Do you also think that Michael Pitt, or Mike Pitt as I call him, was like, why am I not in this movie? Why am I not in this movie? Is it because I'm impossible to work with and have been literally written off every show that I've been in the past decade? (laughs) That's a funny games reference, Peter, which you would know if you liked that movie. I've seen the original, so could you say it in German? Oh, I didn't know you've never seen, I actually think the American remake is better. Hmm. Anyways. Uh, but I mean, you fucking hate it. Oh, did, so I don't uh, know. Uh, uh, Michael Haneke is still the director, right? Yeah, it really is. Like yeah, this, I'm good. It's some, yeah, yeah, you're not gonna like it. <laughs> someday we're doing funny games. We'll do but it. But Mike, Mike, Mike Pitt is the main, the main bad guy, and yeah, he kills. I know the dog. he's spooky. The I sent you a picture of me with really long COVID hair when I, I combed it, and it looked like Michael Pitt. Remember? Yeah. Oh, I remember. Oh, okay. That's why I call him Mike Pitt now. Hey, I'm Mike Pitt. I'm Mike Pitt. <laughs> You wanna you wanna have me on for two episodes and then recast? You wanna call have, Mike Pitt. <laughs> you wanna have my agent talk you into making the worst mistake you'll make in the entire series? I'm pretty entrancing. <laughs> she just look at my head shocked. I call was in Mike a Pitt. movie. I'm sure he would have fired me. <laughs> Mike Pitt was in a Pasolini movie? 
Uh, the There's young, no way. The Young Lovers or whatever. Not Pasolini. What's that guy called? Who's the Who's the, the other Italian pervert? <laughs> a lot of Italian perverts. The Pope? Did uh, the Pope make a movie with Mike Pitt? Uh, let's see. Berto Acelli or whatever? Hmm. Let's see what kind of pervert stuff he was up to. <laughs> The Dreamers by... Yeah, it is, it is Bertolucci. I don't know how to say his last his Oh, name. Bertolucci, the other perf. Bertolucci. I said Bertolucelli. Bertolucelli. It's the same thing. Bertolucelli means without the with, with uh, without the sauce. Uh, do you no, want... I'm just taking it as a Bertolucelli. <laughs> <laughs> if the Bertolucelli... What, hey, what movie are we talking about? If the Bertolucelli comes on top, I, I send it back. Yeah. You give me a Bertolucci... Need a Bertolucelli. Bertolucelli. Um, let's talk about all the gross shit because we are running out of time, um, both uh, literally and figuratively. So, so, so we're, we're, this movie's not funny. Just like the original is not funny. This movie that. is not funny, but it is fun. If and I honestly like, I'm not. I don't mean that as a joke. Like, it is fun in an extremely specific way, in that you want to see how far someone can take the concept of gore effects. And so like I do have fun at this movie. I I, I like this movie I think that is is intentional. In the same way that I have fun in the original Evil Dead without saying it's fun. Like it's not supposed to be funny or over the top, but it is over the top in a gross way and in a very specific way I find that relaxing and enjoyable and i don't know if that makes any sense like i don't mean the tongue scene so there's a scene where uh, mia as possessed licks a box cutter like licks it you know and i it is viscerally upsetting in the way that i've never made it through the jackass movie where they're giving each other paper cuts like i've never been able to watch that that's maybe the only gross scene in cinema history i've literally just never i can't i see the paper going I have to turn away. I cannot make it through that. Um, that is real I can wa- too. Yeah, I can watch this, but I have real trouble and I want it to be over as quickly as possible. That's not fun, nor is like the when she, when the when the she's ripping off her face with the with the glass, which is very realistic, very gross, but like a lot of the rest of the violence I have fun with in the sense that I am just impressed at like i don't know like there's is that weird like to say like there's the this is so big that it almost achieves like a zen violent state i don't know if that it's makes because sense. it's it's because it's not trying to drag you in down into some sort i don't know how to do it. it's not trying to make the moment like grounded and real but occasionally yeah. the way the violence connects can make you like shiver a little bit and it, it's 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 almost it's like, like an theater. electric jolt it's this theater like, of the macabre thing yeah. where it's like it, it it is over the top it's crazy it's not supposed to be necessarily realistic but occasionally you're you're kind of engaged with it on that realistic level for a few moments like the scene where the, the machete is going through the wall and Jane Levy yeah. and it's just dragging across Jane Levy oh, in a few yeah. different points like that is so so uncomfortable for me cuz like you can feel Yeah, that part that part is not what I'm talking about. You can I feel guess... every connection point, but immediately yeah. she breaks through the wall with the chainsaw and then she's in a blood uh, a blood storm. It's raining blood. Hallelujah. 
And she has to tear her arm off. And then use, which is that under the car. Cha- use that to ground her chainsaw and then shoves the chainsaw into the mouth of her dark familiar. <laughs> like, <laughs> And then say, uh, yeah, uh, swallow this motherfucker, which actually the motherfucker is. Or feast on this motherfucker, which is actually a pretty good line. Yeah. Um, and so. also the way that like she holds the chainsaw there for so long and there's a never ending spout of blood pouring out in a blood rain when everyone's already covered in blood. Like all that is like just chef's kiss, like perfect evil dead aesthetic without being an actual evil dead moment that they're that they're copying. And I guess when I say like I have fun with the level of violence in this movie I do mean it like a roller coaster. And we talk a lot about Peter. We've said it before, I think, about Marvel movies. Like, well, they're roller coasters. Like, they're they're meant to be fun while experiencing them. They don't always have a lot of meat to go back on. And eventually, if you go on the roller coaster enough, it's going to lose its impact. Because you're not a surprise. But I think where this actually replicates a roller coaster analogy is a little different. It's that point on a ride or a roller coaster where... You're not sure if you're having fun or about to throw up, but there's a specific feeling in your stomach that is like, well, I don't know what the next hump's going to bring. I think I'm excited by the intensity of what's happening, but I also may be about to puke my guts out. And then it like passes and you're like, oh, no, okay, well, now we're going up again. And I... Um, I think sometimes when roller coasters, including by ourselves, are used as the analogy, it's meant as just a fun ride. But ultimately, what a lot of those rides do is scare the shit out of you and make you feel sick for a sec while then pulling you back into having fun. And I think this movie qualifies on that definition of a roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it, it also, like, it starts in a super grounded position. And while we head sort of towards final thoughts, I want to say, like... um another big subversive act that it does and like what the one thing the original doesn't really succeed at doing is making us care about those characters even a little uh it makes us care about ash and his girlfriend and the rest of those people are cannon fodder and it makes us almost care about ash in retrospect when everyone else because ash kind of sucks in the first hour yeah and actually like his uh buddy scotty is the one that performs uh like he finishes off a deadite like ash is too scared to do it so like yeah he doesn't become he keeps the yelling ash at ash like come on we're just gonna go back we're gonna, we're gonna fix this and pound a couple beers and ash is like oh necklaces yeah like ash is ash isn't like in the forefront of the action until like absolutely everybody else is dead and he has to be um and then in the second movie he becomes the man of action the ash we know and like i think people need to revisit the original evil dead to fully appreciate this movie because if you just have memories of evil dead 2 or army of darkness or ash versus evil dead you're gonna be like you're gonna be like why isn't there a guy making wisecracks and funny, funny Looney Tunes jokes? Like, why isn't there a comedic, uh, <laughs> like a Buster Keaton, you know, breaking through walls? Um, but the the one subversion that they pull that I really do appreciate is that, like, it starts off this grounded, gritty little movie. And then uh, it has something to subvert when it gets insane by the end. Like, it establishes a baseline and then it undercuts it, which I have lots of movies that I love that don't really establish a good baseline. Like, yeah. um reanimator starts with an insane scene possession starts with an insane scene like a lot of my favorite movies don't start with like here's normal life now let's tear it down 
when you're making a movie like this that's trying to like reboot the original like the intent of the original was to ground it in this group of people that you like there's like a whole dinner scene where people are giving like drunk speeches and like there's a guy going like let's party down and like ash is trying to was he giving a quote in greek or something like they're trying (laughs) to make you like these people and ground it and it fails but nobody cares because that's like all over and done with in like 12 minutes or something the movie gets yeah and i actually this movie is you know what's interesting is we're making a more traditional modern movie that we need we need to we need to set up something to subvert it yeah and almost on a like i think you've almost convinced me that the parts that i think are not just lesser but somewhat ineffective almost work in that like i almost think from a meta textual level that you can make the case that one of the subversions that this movie does is it sets up the movie to make you think you're about to see a shitty remake of evil dead which is what everyone was fucking worried about for so long because they're like how can you remake evil dead this is gonna be shitty and then becomes a good version of evil dead like by by not just uh, by casting aside a lot of that, but not in a way that's like dismissive of it, like psych, but in a, oh, you thought we were going to do this. That's important to lay that groundwork that you talked about, but we're actually going to still go and do this. And so I I doubt that was the intention. Like, let's make everyone think this movie sucks. But I do think it is so much more rote at the at, in the first half hour and then again reaches that kind of maximum impact evil dead aesthetic in the in the last half hour that in some ways it it leaves you feeling like you saw an evil dead movie where i think you may have been right to be a little bit skeptical in the first half hour yeah 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 and i love the fact that by the end of the movie they're in the uh insanity of evil dead 2 but ultimately if it had become a comedy after half an hour like that's that that this just it wouldn't have worked right like for the type of horror movie they were trying oh, you to... taking my drugs wise guy <laughs> but if they come back and jane levy starts they made a sequel and jane levy started as a as a badass from the yeah. start obviously i think the ship has sailed on mia as a evil dead protagonist but um if they came back and in in uh Mia was a badass from the start. They could make a, a, a Looney Tunes, you know, Three Stooges style horror movie with her and Ash um, right from the get go. And they could talk about how they both lost a hand or whatever. I don't know. Um, but um, I love the fact that I love the fact that this is like a serious movie that goes to zany places. But is it necessarily a serious movie that becomes a comedy? Almost a comedy of excess more than um, jokes. Yeah, and it has the extreme, like, angles, like the the, the Dutch angles, but with, like, a modern polish. Um, do, you, do you know why they call them Dutch angles? Uh, yeah, because uh, when they made those shoes, sometimes, uh, you know, they were made individually. Yeah. The famous, the I... Holland shoes. I just think generally so the Dutch be can't be. Skew. I just think that the Dutch generally can't be trusted. I mean, look at those shoes. Look at their their angles. Like it, you can't trust a Dutchman. I mean, I don't trust any movies made by Dutch people. Why would you? <laughs> because of because of the angles. You know what else I don't trust? When my friend Wilhelm's Wilhelm screams. <laughs> oh man, that Wilhelm guy. Oh again. Again, this is it's like the the boy who cried Wilhelm screams. I know why they caged Wilhelm screams. 
I I have no uh, mouth, but I must Wilhelm scream. Is that a th- is that something? <laughs> yes, it is. Can we riff on that for thirty minutes? Uh, yes, it is. Um, yeah. So I I do think we're at final thoughts. Um, I almost feel like at some point we're gonna have to release an extra episode just to talk about all the permutations of Evil Dead that we're not gonna get a chance probably to talk about in these movies, like all the attempted like sequels and remakes and video game adaptations that we're supposed to do X and Y because like one thing we really didn't get into as we you know end this is like how this movie existing went through almost as many life cycles and versions as uh, another series we talked about this year Mad Max Fury Road there was remakes and there was should we do a sequel and should we do X or Y and you know for a while there was going to be a a Freddy versus Jason versus Ash and that that didn't pan out and that became a comic series and you know they had these uh, scripts that didn't end up making their way or getting the budget to do Evil Dead 4 and those became video games and the fact that this existed was so bizarre for me. Um, it's interesting, Peter, that you were like, fuck this, how dare they remake Evil Dead. Maybe that's adding a little bit of hyperbole to the way that you've described it. But um, yeah, I was just like, I think I said this last week, like following Evil Dead 4 information was like one of the first things I obsessively searched continuously on the internet because I became an Evil Dead fan in like 1999, 2000. And I was like constantly going to sites, uh, including terrible sites that I'm not going to mention their name that would constantly post like, here's what's going on with this sequel that never happened. And, um, and you like would have whole articles around like Sam Raimi said he would be interested in possibly doing it someday. Does that mean Evil Dead 4 is happening? And so, uh, and I remember following the casting and the making of this movie back when it was supposed to be Lily Collins, Phil Collins' daughter, as the as the lead who dropped out. And, and you know, ultimately I was still just excited to see an Evil Dead movie get created that I was, was going to be in the theater that first weekend, regardless of reviews, regardless of the way that it, it was perceived. It was just so so surprising it existed and I wanted to be a part of it even if it even if it sucked even if it was the worst thing in the world and I I've done that before like I remember being at Alien versus Predator opening weekend cuz it was like holy shit this thing I've read about forever and these two franchises I fell in love with after their prime it, it's happening it's on the big screen and I'm going to go see it and um I really appreciate the way that this movie ultimately just exists in a, I think, singularly in singularly, singularly exists in a way that other remakes really don't and can't in that it basically uh, seemingly ditched what makes an Evil Dead movie an Evil Dead movie, but then discovered something that Peter's talked about in that an Evil Dead movie is not Bruce Campbell. It's not even Deadites. It's not even Deadite camera or, or gore delivered as a three stooges comedy joke everyone's remembering these other movies let's go back to the original and figure out what was that movie trying to accomplish and what was it trying to do and why was it successful before people were uh dressing up as ash williams for halloween and it succeeds in that it figures out 
what makes an Evil Dead movie an Evil Dead movie. And that's by leaving a lot of stuff that would only be would only be an inferior version of uh, by the wayside. I would have loved, speaking of like sequels or, or uh, planned movies that, you know, if they would have been able to make the, you know, Evil Dead versus Evil Dead where Ash and Mia team up. Instead, we get a different incarnation of that, which we'll talk about at the end of this month for our Halloween special, which is also pretty great. There's a lot in this movie to celebrate on its own merits, and I think there's maybe even more so, or equally so, there's a lot to celebrate about this movie in just the fact that it was able to be a successful horror movie. Yeah, I think you I think you actually summarized it pretty quickly for me, but I just, as a final thought, I'm just going to dedicate my entire final thoughts to Jane Levy. Um, yeah. <clears throat> huge Jane Levy fan. So Me too. Um, she is, this is, uh, I don't know. The second movie we've had her, or we've had her on. Uh, this is the second movie we've uh, talked about of hers. We also have covered monster trucks. Um, Which, I gotta say, at her best. She, she's a career peak. Um, but she is, she is someone who is an incredibly charming presence. And to me, this was her introduction. Um, I know she was on Suburgatory and she was on Shameless for a little bit, like, but I didn't see either of those. I saw her in this and I saw her in Monster Shocks and I was like, shit, she is game for anything. And now she's on this like new, like a uh, musical show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist seems really fun. Like she's, yeah, she, people love that. She was on a whole season of Castle Rock. Like, so she like doesn't necessarily uh, shy away from genre stuff, even now that she's got like, uh, you know more of an up-and-coming career. I'm sure she's lost uh, a few roles to Margot Robbie um, and a few other, uh, you know, women in that kind of category. But she is so damn talented at both, like, doing fun, light, breezy stuff, but also she can do grim, really gross shit. And this movie, I think, demonstrates her, um, the, uh, the, um, breadth of her talent um early on in her career she was demonstrating the breadth of her talent because she played a very sensitive more grounded role like she you know play in other movies um and then she plays a fucking demon and she's you know in the running for the best deadite performance um because she is so game at just throwing her body at the insanity of what it is to play yeah. a deadite because deadites are essentially puppeteers they're like a demon is basically saying like i don't care what happens to this body let's see what fucking happens and the role is all like that i would say the only thing that she that you know sucks about the deadite version of mia is that the writers didn't write crazier dialogue for her to chuck out she every line of dialogue she gets she makes hay out of but i wish the writers had given her crazier shit because i'm sure she would have been game for it but regardless she starts out a very humble grounded small character then she gets to play a fucking monster for the whole movie for the rest for another third and then she gets to play the hero and she's game for all of it and like she is the beating heart of this movie she's the reason i love this movie she's an awesome actor i also really like her in a movie that i've been talking about and is everybody has netflix so we'll go watch i don't feel at home in, in this world anymore um she's really fun in a small role in that so um definitely uh i was gonna say it's definitely pay attention to jane levy because i feel like especially after her current sort of um 
her current sort of like return to sitcoms and you know like uh whatever you want to call zoe's extraordinary playlist like i imagine she's gonna have a the big film breakthrough that she was deserved seven years ago um where people actually learn her name she deserves like whatever the yeah. prestige movie she, she's been great in every movie but like she deserves the prestige movie where all of a sudden people are like hey jane levy yeah next to Crete, she is definitely the second best actor in monster trucks and i know that sounds like a backhanded compliment but it is we not. just love creech we love creech papas do creech yeah i'm in trouble creech <laughs> um in a in a beyond thankless role she is she is actually pretty good really charming movie. yeah but she is she is fantastic like i'm glad you you made space for that because it is a fantastic performance that she puts on here um and yeah i have not seen zoe's playlist i've heard it's really good and i should check it out because i i like if suburbia came to netflix i would watch it in a second people love that show and i you know Jane Levy's awesome, and uh, it's just like one of those weird shows. I don't even know if you could buy it on streaming. Like whoever has the rights to that has severely fucked up the ability of more people to discover it, including myself, who has never discovered it, just heard good things. Next week, we are doing uh, the big one, Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Dead by Dawn. With the big one of the Moran family, Charlie. Yeah, he uh, he's the that's one that based on, me to the movie. That's based on age and numbers, not weight. Who do you think weighs more? Oh, I weigh. Are you taller I, than Charlie? I, I'm taller, and I definitely have forty pounds on him. Okay, so we're doing it with we're doing the big one, and we're gonna wait, do a weigh in with also. the big one. I don't own a scale. I guess we could order scales or something, but we'll do a weigh in. I weighed myself recently. Not great. Yeah, it's a terrible idea. Uh, what I did was I put on my uh, suit for my wedding last summer. And what um, I wanted to do afterwards was uh, not fit for air. Yeah. Um, but here's the problem is that uh, you're spending more time in your kitchen area than ever. So the, the the borders to get food have been, you know, you've heard of doctors without borders. This is eaters without borders. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And, and I like that to think all, all of America tracks. is without borders because the, the bookstores are largely closed. I would like to think that. Um, but Trump has made it very clear that's not the case. Uh, so, yeah. On that bizarre note, cannot wait to talk about... So, first we've seen what happens when you see a chainsaw in Evil Dead. And then we've seen in Evil Dead 2... Or in... in, in wait. In Evil Dead 2013... What happens when you get your arms cut off or pulled off or ripped off? Now we're going to see what happens when you connect those two ideas in Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. We'll see you next week. Dead by Dawn. Good.
you so much for listening to We Love to Watch. If you made it to the end, hopefully you liked what you heard today. And if you'd like to hear more, please go to patreon.com slash we love to watch. And if you can chip in a few bucks, that would really help us keep the lights on and keep us moving forward. Uh, it wasn't an implicit threat by Peter. He just didn't know how to say it. But either way, we'll continue to make more. But it would be helpful uh, as we explain to our loved ones where all our money is going, which is all on server space. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, <laughs> uh, if you don't have a few bucks to chip in, we totally understand and you want to support the show. We truly, absolutely would appreciate a uh, review on iTunes. I know every podcast says it, and it's because it really does help. And so every podcast wants that help. So please go leave us a positive review so that when people find this show organically, they hopefully want to tune in and listen. And thanks again for all of your listenership and support and time throughout the years. Uh, We really do appreciate you. Uh, With kisses and smooches, Peter and Aaron. (laughs) Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs>